March 3rd, 2023. This morning's class, as were the classes throughout the week, is donated in loving memory of Ruth Bat Gilsom, Ruth Gindi Ale Ashalom. When Masechet Betza and Aftet Amud Aleph, we began the Mishnah and then the Gemara yesterday. Let's quickly review. So it's at the Mishnah about nine lines from the top of the page here on Daftet Amud Aleph. Bet Shamay Omrim, En Molechine Tasula Mishovach Leshovach, Aval Matehu Mehalon Lehalon Ubetilel Matirim. The Mishnah records again another Mahlok between Bet Shamay and Betilel with regards to uh, issues of uh, wrongful or appropriate activity on Yom Tov. Uh, the specifics are that a person's interested in getting chicks or baby birds uh, to eat from them. He's going to slaughter them and eat them, maybe together with his family members, on Yom Tov. So the purpose is certainly for Simhat Yom Tov, to enjoy the day, to be able to fill yourself with good food on the day. But in order to get those birds, the doves or whatever other birds are hiding up there in their nests, it's necessary to climb up in a sulam, in a ladder. So the halakha in such a circumstance, uh, the Mishnah describes as not simple. According to Beit Shammai, you're not allowed to move the sulam mishovach leshovach, which means to say if there's one nesting area and another nesting area not directly adjacent to it, it's forbidden to take that ladder from one uh, to the other. To climb up the ladder when it's in that area would not pose a problem. Specific issue is as you're moving it from one place to the next, the uh, casual onlooker will see you and assume that you're taking a ladder in order to climb to your roof uh, to be shoteah the Gemara will uh, describe it. The, uh, the interest that you might have is to fix your roof, to plaster it, uh, to build it appropriately, which would pose, in terms of the onlooker's eyes, uh, two specific problems. Uh, number one, it would be melechet binyan, you'd be, so to speak, building by finishing your roof. And uh, secondly, you'd have a melacha called memachek, by smoothing out on top of your roof with the plaster or whatever else you're using, be another melacha. That issue is called marit ayin. The fact that someone sees marit with their ayin, with their eye, will bring them potentially, they see you, a good God-fearing Jew doing that, to perform and to do the same. The hachamim have specific prohibitions and restrictions in contexts where it looks wrong and in turn others will learn from you. So again, the Mishnah is telling... One sec, one sec. One sec. Okay. The Mishnah... Give it a chance. The Mishnah says, Bet Shammai Omrim, En molechine tasulam mishovach leshovach. You're not allowed to move it from one to the other. If it is already there, no problem at all, Abe. Going up to the nest is not a problem. Moving, moving the ladder, the assumption is you're moving it in order to go up to your roof. If they watch you going up the ladder and you're going to the nest, not a problem at all. Not only that, Bechamai themselves in our Mishnah tell us, even if it's at the same nesting area, you might say, well, maybe the rabbi said, I'm not allowed to move the uh, ladder. It's not that you're not allowed to move the ladder altogether. It's that you're not allowed to move it from one area to the next. The casual onlooker mistakens your purpose in moving it. If it's already lined up for one of these nests in one particular area, and you're just being mate, you're just tilting it over in the other direction, permitted, say, Our only issue is this issue called marit ayin. Betilel matirin. 
Betilel are even matir, they permit even moving it mishovach leshovach for one reason or another. Betilel don't have that fear that a person will uh, see you doing so and mistakenly assume that you're going to do a melacha and in turn learn from it. The Gemara will cite a beraita uh, shortly uh, into its conversation in which Betilel's reasoning is explained. It's shovachom mochiach alav, which means to say we assume that the person who's watching you is going to watch you long enough to the extent that they'll see that you lined it up to the shovach, to the nesting area of the bird. And as a result, marit ayin wouldn't apply. It's not to say that the concept doesn't apply according to Beit Hillel. It's that the context doesn't provide such a restriction. That's the mahlok between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. Now it's far from... The Gemara will have... The Gemara will have a debate with regards to it, a quote of Beraitan Teta Mutbet, with regards to what sort of ladder we're dealing with. Uh, in other words, I like dovecote, right? That's the way I, for, I, I forgot the English. Dovecote, coat, C O T E. I forgot about that. I call it a nest. All right, dovecote. Um, it's going to be hard. Yeah. Now that's all right. I'm sure you were all thinking it. Where's we going with the dovecote? Um, but, uh, but yes, we'll, we'll address the specifics of what type of ladder it is. In other words, Jared already mentions, says, listen, according to Beit Hillel, you might have a specific permissibility because of the type of ladder you're dealing with. In other words, if it's a ladder which is purposed for the usage of climbing to a nest, as opposed to one you would use to climb into an attic, we'll have to, we'll have to address in the Gemara. We'll have to address in the Gemara as well. Yeah, all important questions. Says the Gemara, Amar of Hanan Barameh, Mahlok, everybody's on their toes today. Amar Rav Hanan Barameh, Mahlok et Bereshut Rabbim. Rav Hanan Barameh, his claim is this dispute recorded in our Mishnah between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel is specifically and only when the ladder is being moved through a public area. Rashut Rabbim. The Beit Shammai Savre Haro'e Omer Latiyah Gagohu Sarich. U Beit Hillel Savre Shovacho Mochiyah Alav. Mahlok, it is specifically in a public area. The casual onlooker sees you when you're walking through a public area. They say about you as you're moving it, he must be doing that. However, if you're in a private area, everybody will be the statement of Rav Hanan agrees, even Beit Shammai, that there's no prohibition, that it's fully permitted. Why is it in such a circumstance in a public area, Beit are? Permitting the words of the Beraitar, Shovacho Mochiach Alav, Rashi Shovacho Shel Sulam Mochiach, Shuhunikar, Shuhu Shel Shovach. I don't know. Jared's reading that as because it's a dovecote ladder. I don't know if that's the, the, the proper interpretation. So that's how the arts go translates it? No, no, is it? What do they say? The ladder is a dovecote adder. Okay. I mean, alternatively, it's because the ladder is in the context of these nests. But okay, shovachot. Again, I, I remind you, we're going to see in a beraita later on, there's a particular and specific debate about the type of ladder we're using. Regardless, that's the mahloket according to Rav Hanan. Again, Amar Rav Hanan barameh, mahlok b'shut Rabbim b'chamay sabre haro'e o me'lati'ah gagohu sarich. 
ובית הלל סברי שובך ומוכיח עליו. אבל, however, ברשות היחיד, if it's in a private area, in an individual domain, דברי הכל מותר, we don't have a fear of someone seeing you and learning from you. You're in a private area. Says the Gemara, Ini, is that really so? Anytime you see that word in the Gemara, it's an incredulous a rhetorical question. Really? In in Aramaic means yes. So it's a way of saying, yeah, is that really so? Veha. Amar Rav Yehuda, Amar Rav, don't we have a well-known statement of Rav Yehuda in the name of Rav? Kol makom she'asru hachamim mepene marita ayin In any and every circumstance where the rabbis forbade because of marita ayin We'll come back to those words briefly in a moment Afilu behadre hadarim asur Even if you're in a room nestled inside another room Meaning so distant from the public eye Away from any casual or even particular onlooker In such a circumstance it's prohibited so uh, Nathan gives a logic. Ran Rabenu Nisim gives one of two reasons. Either the reason is because you will be forgetting the fact that the reason it was permitted over here is because it was in private, and you'll do it then in pri- public afterwards. That's a gizir on that direction. Alternatively, says Ran on our Gemara again, it's maybe because um, even in Hadre Hadarim, you've never been barged in by someone you weren't expecting in an internal area, and the rabbis restricted even in such a circumstance irrespective of the reasoning in the particulars, the statement is that when we have an issue of marit ayin, it's afilu behadre hadarim, even in absolute private area. Of course, that's going to be a challenge or a dispute on this opening statement of our Gemara. The opening statement of the Gemara is Rav Hanan. Rav Hanan Barameh's statement was that the dispute is only in public. If it's in private, even Bet admits, that's against Rav. That's what the Gemara is standing with. I will just parenthetically briefly mention for just a 20 second interlude, the question of Those words are telling. It doesn't say every circumstance where there is Marit Ayin. It says every circumstance where the rabbis prohibited because of Marit Ayin, which opens, of course, a larger and longer conversation about two things. Number one, do we, should we apply Marit Ayin on our own? Should we say contextually, this looks wrong? Or alternatively, if it's in the Gemara, if it's in the Mishnah, if we have guidelines for this being a problem of Marit Ayin, that's where it's applicable, not in other places. As you can imagine, there's a long and broad conversation and discussion and debate about that matter. Beyond that, even this statement of Rav Yudah Marad, where he says, even Bahadre Hadarim, a bold statement, even in absolute privacy it's prohibited, even if I'm going to <coughs> suggest that Marit Ayn should be applied individually, this looks wrong, I shouldn't be doing this in front of others, does that apply under all circumstances, or does it alternatively only apply in the circumstances the Gemara and the Mishnah describes? Maybe only then do you have a Afilu Bahadre Hadarim. These sorts of issues come up in all sorts of contexts. The issue of Marit Ayn, aside from this Gemara and one or two others, uh, comes up in Halakha Ma'ase circumstances in more, more situations than you maybe uh, imagine. The Shohan Aruch and Siman Pezayin and Yoredi'ah talks about if you have something that appears to be dairy, but it's really not. Are you allowed to bring that out to the table? Milk, which is almond milk, can it be brought out to the table when you are eating uh, meat? Uh, wait, wait a second, it's in my own home, everybody knows it. Does that matter? I feel about Hadarim. 
How could you fix that? So Shohan Aruch prescribes, uh, based on the earlier post scheme, you're supposed to bring almonds out together with it. You're doing your almond milk together with your coffee as dessert for your meat meal. You're supposed to bring almonds to the table with it. Is that applicable today when we have almond milk so uh, prevalent? It's a longer, important conversation. What about parv ice cream? Parv ice cream, once upon a time, even in, the, you know, even in our 20, 30 years ago world, as far as I can understand from tissue both, they were insistent the mashkiah, that, the, that the ice cream be brought to the table together with something that shows that it's parv. In today's day and age, when par of ice cream, to the best of my memory, the post scheme say is already prevalent. Everybody knows that if you walk into a meat restaurant, that's what's coming out on the table. It might not be necessary any longer. I mean, these are all interesting things that do, in more situations than you imagine, come up. But that's... It's an interesting question. Uh, beyond Coca-Cola, if you're eating, uh, you're eating your meal that you got in a mall where there's an eating area outside of a bunch of non-kosher restaurants, an important question. The question that came up, comes up as well as uh, shaving. Uh, this was once a question. I mean, it was once a question. When they started having electric shavers, you allowed to like, you got a closer shave, is it gonna be maritai? And someone's gonna look and say, he must be shaving with a razor. They addressed it in that context. There's issue, I mean, there's issue, there's issue with regards to women who might cover their hair with very beautiful wigs. Is it a problem of marita ayin, aside from any other issue? Uh, these are all important, none having simple answers, a few of which we'll be able to address over the course of our conversation here. But says the Gemara, that's... Sorry, sorry, is marita ayin, is, is the isur, or is it the, the fear that the rabbis may have? In other words, is it the rabbis actually said this is marita ayin, we're afraid of it, or is it, well, maybe there'll be marita ayin and therefore well, again, it's the rabbi, that's one and the same. The rabbis said, since we fear someone will see this and misunderstand it, therefore we prohibit it. That's what it is. It's a gizera mishu marit ayin. The person who has marit ayin has to be reasonable. The rabbi is reasonable. The guy has wet clothes. You couldn't wash that. It's a reasonable thing. I understand that. That's I don't even know about wet clothing. I haven't seen anything about wet clothing yet. You know, okay. If you listen, if you if you listen to the whole thing, Morris, come on, you didn't give me a chance here. I don't think so. I don't think so. When parv ice cream was a novelty, it was very reasonable. When it's no longer a novelty, you're right, and that's what they write. Right, interesting. Um, in other words, many and all of these need to be and are addressed, each in their own way, in the specific context. All right, we have to talk about it at greater length. I said aside from many others. Yeah. Yeah. Says the Gemara Tanaehi. I understand you're challenging Rav Hanan's claim that the Mahloket Bet Shammai and Bet specifically in public, but in private everybody would agree, with the comment of Rav, the Pesach Halacha of Rav, of Afilu Behadre Hadarim, but don't be disturbed by that too much, because this issue about whether Marit Ayin is particular to public and not applicable to private is a Mahloket Tanaim, 
It's already an issue that was addressed from the time of the Mishnah, in which case we'll line up these two opinions, Rav Hanan with one opinion from the time of the Mishnah, and Rav with the other. How so? Ditanya, as the Beraita teaches, Shothan Bahamab Avalokinehid Ha'am, the circumstance as Morris described is a situation where a person's clothing got wet on Shabbat or on Yom Tov. Now there's a prohibition against uh, cleaning uh, your clothing on Shabbat or Yom Tov. It's called Melechet Melabin, indeed. Um, so now what about drying your clothing on Shabbat or Yom Tov when they got wet on Shabbat or Yom Tov? The halacha is shothan bahama, you're allowed to do it in the sun and let the sun dry it, but not in a public area. Oh, that seems clear, that if it's if it's if it's not in public, but rather in private, it's permitted. That's in contrast to the next opinion, Osrin, period. That's it. So we have our two opinions. The latter two opinions, Rabbi Al-Azhar and Bishimon, they maintain as Rav taught us before, and Afilu Bahadre Hadarim. Marit Ayn is not an issue that we apply based on specific circumstance, but we apply it across the board. The first opinion, the Tanakama over here says, Shothan Bahamava The issue is specifically when it's in public. The Gemara has a different version with regards to how this whole conversation went down. Says the Gemara, Ikade Amre. There are those, yesh she'omrim, that uh, presented this whole debate, this whole conversation, in a different direction. Again, had we begin just a moment ago, Rav Hanan established that our Mishnah was talking about in public, but in private, everybody would agree. Rav Hanan is an Emora explaining the Tanayim. Emoraim, right? Why did what's that? Of course, that's why. Why else? I don't know. The assumption is because of Marit Ayn, Afilu Bahadre Hadarim. Right, that's. Uh, take a look at Rashi, Avalokinehita'am, about uh, nine, ten lines down in the wide lines of Rashi. Shiloyomiru Kibbesan Bishabbat. So people won't say that you laundered it on Shabbat. Alma, it's clear, Mide Demishu Marita'ain, on matters, on things that are because of Marita'ain, Mutar Bemakom Sanua, according to the first, that, that opinion. It's permitted in a private area, which the other, the scientific opinion, this goes about. Right. Again? What's the question? No, not the basis for Maritain, the basis for Afilu Bahadre Hadarin. The basis for Marit Ayin is if someone sees me doing it, they're going to learn from my actions and do it themselves. That's what the rabbis feel. So that's, that, 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 that's, that's the principle of Marit Ayin. Not that I will be conditioned to do this illegal act. Not you. No, not you. Well, oh, no. Okay, so now that's Marit Ayin. Why would they say, Afilu Bahadre Hadarim Masur, Rabbi Udamarav, Rabbi Lazab, and Rabbi Shimon? That's where Nathan was talking, Ran, that the issue is if we're permitting you to do it in pro- private, you'll end up doing it in public. It's a bit removed, but so it is. What in the case of drying, which the only way to dry it is to leave it or put it in the sun, especially in those days. Really doing nothing. Right. You're gonna, they're really worried that someone's going to think you cleaned it. Yes. So why did they just come out and say, we know you can't clean your clothes. We know the melechet milaben. We know the isur kevisa. The issue is once we have that established, 
How far do we take it? Can we now allow for you to be drawing? Again, this sort of issue needs to be addressed, but is, is, you know, it could come up in today's day and age. In other words, in your own home, are you allowed to? Let's say you have uh, things that aren't supposed to be put in the dryer. Are you allowed to hang it inside? I know we use dryers, so are you allowed to dry it inside your home? In public, I understand. This, is a, this will be a halakhal ma'asir type of issue. Even in today's day and age. Okay, says the Gemara, we'll, we'll address. But says the Gemara, there's a different version. Yeshu Amrim, that it went like this. Amarav Hanan Mahaloket, the dispute between Bet Shammai and Bet Hilel was not, as we suggested earlier, in public. It was rather, the debate was in private. The Bet Shammai itlehu the Rav Yehuda Marav, Bet Hilel, let lehu the Rav Yehuda Marav. It went like this: In Rishut Rabim, Aval Rishut Rabim, Devrei Hakol Asur. If it's in public area, even Bet Hilel say prohibited our circumstance in the Mishnah to move the ladder from one place to the other. We don't say Shovachov Mochiyah Halav. We don't say that the casual onlooker says, "Well, it's a dovecote ladder." Well, I see he's bringing it to the dovecote area. I'd rather call it a nest. Inside that, we don't say that. Even according to Bet Betilel. Their dispute, their, their argument is only in private. Do we apply that restriction of Rav Yudah in the name of Rav, that afilu b'hadre hadarim, when it's Isur, because of Marit Ayin, it applies even in private or not? That's the mahluk. Bet Hillel say, no, it doesn't apply in private, it only applies in public. Bet Shammai say, no, it applies even in, uh, in private. Says the Gemara, that being the case, are you telling me that Rav... Oh, Rav's an important emora. He falls out with regards to his opinion like Bet Shammai. They're also an important opinion, but we don't follow them. It's a little strange, a little odd that we would settle the matter in such a fashion that Rav would end up on the side of Bet Shammai, says the Gemara. Um, uh, two lines from the bottom. Is it possible that Rav is maintaining like Bet Shammai? Is that the only opinion according to this version? According to whom uh, Bet, uh, Rav can hang his hat on? Is it only the opinion of Bet Shammai? Says the Gemara, Tanaehi detanya shotan bahama balokinehita am. No, the Gemara would, and it did in that, in that version uh, deflect. No, it's actually a mahlokitanaim. Again, to summarize this second version of the Gemara, it goes like this. When it comes to a public area, even Bet Shammai say there's an issue of Maritain. Excuse me, even Bet Hilel say there's an issue of, of Maritain. When it's in a private area, well, that's where they dispute this matter. According to Bet Hilel, there's a problem only in public, not in private. According to Bet Shammai, we apply it, apply it even in private. Well, wait a second. How would Rav explain that Mishnah? How would Rav actually, would he actually end with Bet Hilel being against him and only on the side of Bet Shammai? No. Rav would say it's really a mahloket tanaim. The Tanakama in this last beraita, which we cited earlier, maintains uh, maintains that, that excuse me, Rabbi Azavir Bishimon. They maintain this as isur both in public and in private. I in turn read the Mishnah altogether differently. According to my version of this Mishnah, there's no Beti Leil who comes out on the opposite side of me. Yes, Charles. All, all marit ayin. We're not, let's say, not let's say, it's clearly we're on holiday. 
In other words, that's why you're taking the birds, uh, number one. Number two, you're not really effectuating any melacha in anything that you're doing, not doing any mukseh per se either. You're taking a ladder which is purposed for the birds, take down the birds and use them on the Yom Tov. The only issues are marit ayin, again, that you're going to be shoteach et gago, that you're going to go and, uh, and plaster your roof, which could pose one of two uh, melachot on Shabbat and Yom Tov. What's that? Yeah, the Gemara says in the Ikad de Amre the following. It says that Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel don't disagree in public. Everybody agrees it's Asur. Their Mahlokit is only in private. Bet Hillel say it's permitted in private. Bet Shammai says it's prohibited in private. The Gemara says according to that, it, it emerges then that Rav, who says that even in private, it's Asur, is going to be aligned with Bet Shammai. Says the Gemara, no, it's not so. We have a Beraita which tells us there are two opinions with regards to whether we prohibit only in public or even in private. Rav will maintain like the, the latter two opinions, Rabbi Laza and Rabbi Shimon, that you're not allowed to dry your clothing even in a public area on Shabbat. Pause over there. That being the case, if we stop for a moment and settle that, it means that Rav at this moment can say, you challenged me, you said I'm only according to Beit Shammai. I'm not only according to Beit Shammai, I'm according to the Bilazah and Bishimon as well, yes? But furthermore, this is how Rashi fills in the gaps over here, furthermore, Rav will now trace back to the Mishnah and say, I think you had a misreading of the Mishnah. Because according to my understanding, the reason that Beit Hillel are permitting has to be altogether different. If there are other opinions, Rabbi Lazar and Bishimon, who maintain that that's the opinion I'm hanging my hat on, I could go back and say, who were permitting in our Mishnah, I don't read it the way you read it. I understand it that the machlok between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel was both in public and in private. And according to Beit Hillel, it's permitted even in public. Why would it be permitted even in public? Because I say, I say in this circumstance, it's not that I don't apply maritain in public or in private. It's rather, there is no issue of maritain. Why is there no issue of maritain? Because of the type, because of the stature of the situation, because of the type of ladder, because of the, the nest. Do you follow? So, so Rob is saying, it's not the not, not an issue of maritain. Right. That's how Rav will resolve the Mishnah according to this. Correct. Correct. Well, um, I, I hear you. It's not minimizing the responsibility that you and I have to do so. It's minimizing um, the no. fact that we will or won't do that. I no, think. No, you still have that in the doubt. But the fact that you see an action that you Oh, better, I, I gotcha. So Jared's saying it's not about benefits. It's not so much that I suspect you of violating Shabbat. It's, 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 it's rather that if you're doing that, that must be permissible. And I'm going to learn from it, correct? Well said, Jared. Yes? How does, how does uh, Beit Hillel, according to the statement, that was the question. That was the question of the. The answer of the. So again, the Gemara questioned Rav. How could it be that Bet Hillel is opposing you and you're only hanging your hat on Bet Shammai? Effectively, once we quoted the Mahloket Tanaim, Bilazar Bishimon and Tanakama at the end, the way Rashi fills in the gaps is Rav then reads Bet Hillel as permitting not only in Rishuta Yahid, but even in Rishuta Rabim. 
Why so? Because according to Rav's reading of Betilel, as we read in the Beraita earlier, Betilel say this is not a case of Marit Ayin. This is a case where everybody knows what you're doing. So that's the answer. If there was Marit Ayin, it might be, uh, it might, it might be one way or another. There is no Marit Ayin over here. So Rav says, for example, even according to Rav, we'd imagine if you're wearing a big shirt and a sign on your head that says, I am walking in to use the bathroom right now. And as you're walking, no, but the conversation wouldn't begin walking into yeah. McDonald's, we'd assume. So that's the situation according to Rav's interpretation of Beit Hillel. The Gemara deflects the question of Rav from Beit Hillel by saying that according to Rav, he supports his opinion with another, another Tanaic statement, and in turn he points back to the Mishnah and says that was talking about something else. Says the Gemara Matniti. Because Shavachod Mochiachalat. Yep. yep. Says the Gemara. Again, that is the sta- that is what Shavach. That's what Shavachod Mochiachalat means. That's exactly it. That was the example I gave. If you're wearing the sign on your on your head. What you're going to do, right? Says the Gemara Matnitin de Loki Haitana. Our Mishnah is clearly not following the uh, the opinion uh, the following Tana. Detanya Amar Bishimon ben El Azar Modim Bechamayu Betilel Shemolechine Tasula Mishovach Leshovach Lo Nechleku Ela Lehahazir Shebechamay Omrim and Mahazirin Ubetilel Omrim Af Mahazirin. The following Beraita presents the Mahlok of Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel altogether differently. In our Mishnah, the Mahlok of their dispute was about whether you can move the ladder from one nest to the next nest. According to this Beraita, everybody, even Beit Shammai agree, you're allowed to move the ladder from one nest to the other nest. The only issue, according to this Beraita, is whether you're allowed to return it after its usage. This is why you might understand... So again, according to this Beraita, according to this Beraita, the Mahlok between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel is only with regards to returning. In the returning, it's no longer a Sorech Yom Tov, and as a result, that's when you would have an issue. Who gave you permission to move it back in such a... It's, it's a Tirchash Elola Sorech. It's a movement and it's an exertion that's not necessary. Bet Shammai, as a result, say you can't return it. Bet Hillel, in contrast, say you can. Continues the Beraita. Amar Amurim. Under what circumstances did Bet Shammai and Bet Hillel dispute? Now, there will be a question later in the Gemara, is Rabbi Uda disagreeing with what we just read, or is he qualifying what we just read? You make a statement and I follow it up. Am I qualifying your statement, explaining your statement, or am I disagreeing with it? That'll be interesting. But in the meantime, without getting into that, the statement, the suggestion of Rabbi Yehuda, either qualifying the first one or disagreeing with it, that's what I was referring to earlier, is that the mahlok between Bet Shammai and Bet is specifically and only when we're dealing with a 
ladder which is purpose, designed, and made for a shovach, for dovecoats. If it's made alternatively for attics, under those circumstances, everybody, even Betileel, would say it's prohibited. Why would that? But I'm using it in order to go to the nest. But I look at you and I see you moving it and it doesn't look like you're going to the nest. That's not the normal ladder you used for the nesting area. As a result, even Betileo would say it's prohibited. Now again, if he's qualifying the first opinion, well then Ben understand. Everybody kind of agrees to this statement. If he's disagreeing with the first opinion, that's very interesting. It means, Jared, back to what you asked in the first moments, it means that according to the first opinion, even if it's a sulam shel aliyah, it might still be permitted. An important issue which will be addressed later on. Rabbi Dosa Omer, this last opinion as well, there's a question about whether he's qualifying the two opinions which preceded him or disagreeing with him, which again will have halakhic ramifications in the same way. Matehu mehalon lehalon. So the statement here of Rabbi Dosa is you're allowed to tilt the even sulam shel aliyah mehalon lehalon. You can't, it's again, the question is what he's specifically referring to, but the statement is you're allowed to lean it from one to the other. Yes? I, I guess the assumption is you walk by. You know, if only my life was that easy. If only people actually said, "Let me just see. Let me see Harari out before I decide why he's doing it." The amount of you know, they, they see it and they decide what you're doing. I don't know. Aherim uh, Omrim concludes the Beraita and it says, "Mishum Ribidosa." You're even allowed to move that ladder slowly. Middadin means slowly. Not, not fully clear right now, right? You're allowed to move the ladder. The statement of Rabbi Dosa was you're allowed to be matehu mehalon lehalon. You're allowed to tilt it from, from one uh, window in the nest to the other window. His last statement is you can do more than just tilt. Tilt means it stayed stationary in the ground and I just shifted the top of it. So it's stationary in the ground and I now moved it this way or that way. Middadin means I can push it over a little bit and slowly the Rashi says me'at me'at and that would be permitted. Apparently not. Apparently not. So Nathan answered you already. Maybe it's not you're not intending to. Okay. Regardless, let's just quickly begin this, says the Gemara. It, we have all those opinions, none of which are specifically defined, each of them which give a lot of question and debate, as we already mentioned. Says Gemara, let's quickly tell you a story, and we'll come back to it. The sons of Rabihiyah Nafok means they went out. Karyata means to the, uh, the uh, what's it called? The side of the, uh, the suburbs. They went to check their fields outside of the city. Villages, that's the word. Ki'atu, when they came back, Amalehu Avuhon, their father said to them, Rabihiyah's, the father said to his sons, did any uh, uh, situation come to your hands? And you know, you and I may be reading this think that Rabbi Hiyaz asked them about business in, uh, uh, situations. After all, they were going to check on their fields. 
In truth, he was asking them what sort of halachot came up. Anything interesting happened when you were there? Amrulo, they said to him, Sulam bali adenu. A situation of a ladder came to our hand, vihitarnuhu, and we permitted it again. You and I right now are not fully certain what was happening over here, but something about a ladder, obviously relevant to what we just discussed, they permitted, Amar lahem, Rabbi Hiya says to his sons, Uli, se'uvi isru mashihitartem, Go back and prohibit it. Whatever they asked you, we don't know right now, whatever they were, had an issue with that you said is permitted, you made a mistake, go back and fix that up. All right, we'll continue in the Gemara next week, understanding, hopefully, what was it that came up over there? How was it either implied or wrongfully understood from that Beraita, which we began this Amud with? Baruch Adonai Le'olam, Amen, Amen.